Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Wes Moss. The prevailing thought in America is that you'll never have enough money and it's almost impossible to retire early. Actually, I think the opposite is true. For more than 20 years, I've been researching, studying, and advising American families, including those who started late, on how to retire sooner and happier. So my mission with the Retire Sooner podcast is to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. The original name for the book that I wrote called You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think, which is, again, a big inspiration, of course, for the Retire Sooner podcast. The, the original name, and I, I just pulled up the contract recently or the original manuscript and still on the manuscript or when I pitched it to McGraw-Hill, who published You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think, the name on the proposal was still Happiest Retirees on the Block. And I've always loved studying this connection between money and happiness. It was probably not, though, back until, it was probably not until 2013 that I, I moved beyond just being interested in money and happiness and the relationship to actually starting to study it and do our own research and our own surveys and our own analysis. Because back then, I was a new dad. And I think my oldest son was probably five or six years old, which means I would have had another child at probably age two or three because my two oldest are about two and a half years apart. And there was a really popular book that was popular with parents. And I remember learning this from a, a waiter, actually. It was a server at a restaurant who, before I think we ended up having kids, I started hearing about this book called Happiest Baby on the Block. And it was all about, of course, it was a, a recount of parents that in some way, shape or form, had cracked the code or figured out a way to have it so that your kids were not crying all the time and they would sleep through the night and making it a little bit easier on everybody. Happiest Baby on the Block. So it was the parenting habits and how we got our kids to be maybe a little easier to raise. Now, I still to this day don't know if that book worked at all, but that's a whole other story. But the name, Happiest Baby on the Block, really is what, for some reason, subconsciously got me thinking about, well, what is what does it look like if you're the happiest retiree on the block? What are those habits? So over the course of about a year, I dove into the subject, which at the time was called the Money Matters Team. And now that has grown into not just the Money Matters Team, but the Retire Sooner podcast team as well. So the study, though, through now multiple surveys over the last decade or so, in the original survey was that got all of this started was over 1,350 households that answered a series of questions that help me identify their, their life habits, their consumer habits, their financial habits. And then we were able to, through study, isolate the happiest two quintiles, the least happy two quintiles, 
and then compare all of those habits, whether it was lifestyle or financial. And the data that came back was so compelling, was so interesting that it really became a book. The book wrote itself, originally titled Happiest Retiree on the Block. Now, it just so happened that many of the financial habits identified in, in the first book were also the same habits that helped people retire a little bit sooner. But as we all know, it's difficult for anybody in the United States to be able to have enough money to fully stop working. It's a huge feat for anybody to be able to do it. So if we were able to help our readers retire even three months sooner, a year sooner, five years sooner, then I think we were doing our job. And putting all that together really helped families ensure that they're doing both the money and the lifestyle pieces of the equation to end up with a happy retirement. So sooner and happier, really ambitious goal, but it really has become a life's work now for me and our entire team. Speaking of our entire team, one of the very original people that helped me put all this together, because it was a, it was six months worth of research and then a year worth of writing, was the very talented Ryan Doolittle. Ryan Doolittle, when I first met him, he was, and I guess still is, a wonderful writer, an actor, and a comedic actor to boot. So he's actually a really funny guy to be around and to talk to and get to know. And a genuinely curious individual who really just by his nature never stops learning and diving into things that he's interested in. So over a decade ago, Ryan Doolittle helped me research and ultimately organize You Can Retire Sooner Than You Think. So he has been part of the Retire Sooner team from really the very, very beginning. That's why when he came to me this past summer and he pitched me on the idea of a new podcast where he just focused on gathering the stories of the happiest retirees that he could find, I jumped up and down. I thought it was an amazing idea. So I'm so happy to have him here on the Retire Sooner podcast to talk about his new podcast called Happiest Retirees. Ryan Doolittle, welcome to the Retire Sooner podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Wes. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, speaking of learning, I just want to thank you for teaching me what the word quintile means. Quintile. That was, it's one of the, that along with basis points, those two very important words in both statistics and financial planning. Very much. Every time I hear the word basis points on the news now, I think of you. <laughs> I always think of it as a great name for a Wall Street bar. Hey guys, we're going down to basis points. Of course, basis um, points. <laughs> for those who don't know basis points, of course, they're just the fractions of a percent, right? A hundred basis points is just one percent. But if you use basis points, you get to sound smarter than, than you know, saying it. It does sound way. smarter. I think it's yeah. a ter yeah. I, I'd much rather say percent, but it does sound a little smarter for basis points. But so, give us an overview of the show. Explain your mission for Happiest Retiree Podcast. Well, okay, so after so many hours spent listening to you speaking to the best and the brightest, the the retirement gurus, I, I just thought, well, it might be a value to talk to the actual people on the ground, the actual happy retirees, to get their story. 
And so that's what this has become. Our mission for the Happiest Retirees podcast is to inspire 1 million families to find happiness in retirement. And we're getting the stories straight from the source, straight from the happy people. So, what was the the naming of the podcast like? Did you go through a bunch of? I remember when you first pitched me. I thought it was so clever, and and I hope this it doesn't get lost, of course, in the podcast. But you had, at one point said, "I want to be the core pursuit finder," right? So, core pursuits, hobbies, on steroids. And Ryan Doolittle, the thought of him looking like Carmen Santiago running around, or Sherlock Holmes with a magnifying glass and a funny little hat, which you would probably have in your closet ready to go as a prop for something. The That was, I love that idea. Oh, he's the core pursuit fighter. He's going to go find people that are doing a bunch of new things. What were you, what did you, what were some of the names you were thinking of? Yeah, you know, I was about five seconds from hitting click on buying the uh, Sherlock Holmes outfit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, I thought I was so clever. I thought the core pursuit finder, I'm out there, like I'm a detective, I'm hunting for these, these happy retirees and, and finding what these core pursuits are. Um, it ended up changing to happiest retirees. I we just thought that, you know, was a, a more, a way to bring more people into the circle and get the full story, the, the full three dimensional journey. Um, yeah. Happy retiree hunter sounds <laughs> they it could also be like one of those serial killer uh, podcast. Yeah, so. we we don't want to actually hunt the retirees down. We 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 want them to remain living um and being happy. Yeah. So that would have been a little confusing. So Ryan, the mission for the happiest retirees podcast is to inspire a million families to find happiness in retirement. Correct. If we can do that, we'll know we've we've been successful. I just felt like, you know, as kids we're all asked you know, what we want to be when we grow up. And that makes it seem finite, like that's it. But we on the Happiest Retirees podcast, we refocus this lens. Now that you're grown up, what do you want to do? Because life changes so much when you leave this career. In a way, you you have so many more opportunities. And now you might actually be able to do what you want. All right. You're talking to happy retirees. Are these like celebrity guests that you're having on the show? Or are they totally normal people? How do you know if they're happy retirees? Like, why are we listening to these people? Who, who, and, and how are you finding them? Well, we have a minimum of, you have to have won two Academy Awards to be on the show. Um, <laughs> That's a good entry point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the search process could be defined as anything and everything from googling to using chat gpt to word of mouth we're finding anyone who knows a happy retiree and then we're evaluating if their story fits our criteria and i would say our criteria is are they truly happy are they living the life uh with multiple core pursuits have they some of them have rebranded themselves after retiring some of them were already happy what were they looking for? How did they find it? And where has it led them? Anyone that can inspire other people to find happiness in retirement, that's who we're looking for. All right. So your goal then for the audience is for them to, to walk away with some practical retiree habits from people who've either transformed themselves or maybe they weren't happy and then they became a happy retiree or they 
didn't have core pursuits and now they have a whole bunch of core pursuits? Yeah, I'd say our first goal is to inspire people to, to think, wow, that person did it and I that means I can do it. And then mm -hmm. the second part of that is to get some practical uh, examples of of things they could do. Maybe they they realize, oh my gosh, I, I I've always wanted to play tennis four days a week and I never did. I mean, that's something that anyone could pull off. Other people, you know, I've I've I don't know, I've always wanted to hang glide naked. I mean, that's not <laughs> right. I, I've always wanted to hang glide and I've never done it. Um, I'm not verifying that hang gliding is safe or it isn't. I'm just trying to say they're getting some examples of these people who said, I've always wanted to do this and I never did it and I can do it. All right. So what's your favorite or most surprising thing you've, you've learned about happy retirees so far? What, what, what are they doing so different? I was very surprised to find out that pickleball was the most popular sport and that it was invented in 1965 on Bainbridge Island, which I don't I've even know to. if I realized it was that far back in the past. Yeah, I thought it was a brand new sport. I never saw courts when I was younger. And why are you saying um, that's so, so that, that is the number one happy retiree sport? Yeah, pickleball is the number one sport for retirees. And I, I think it has something to do with it's you get the joy of tennis without the agony of knee pain. <laughs> okay. And you still get to play with multiple people and it's fun and social and it's less running around. So I think people can literally drink beer while they're playing. Exactly. Beer while they're playing pickleball. I think it's part of it. I think adding, if any sport where you can add beer definitely adds players. Yeah. It's like softball. I remember, I, I remember thinking, I remember growing up, my dad, once a year, we'd had a big softball party and I was still a kid. I was still like 10 to maybe 14 and I always, I, I, I'm looking back on it. They got so excited about softball out in this kind of oddly shaped field. So it wasn't like a great field for softball, but it, it, it was in like our horse pasture. So I remember we'd have to clean it up a little bit before we'd have softball games. But I think looking back on it is that every, all, all the parents were drinking. It was like they, they were there. It's a like, I guess, a beer league softball. And I guess that maybe that's part of it. All right. So what else do you know about these happy retirees? Well, some of the statistics are surprising. People who drive BMWs are statistically less happy, which was eye-opening. I, I don't know that it specifically has to do with the actual car, but I think some people pick that car because they want to show it off, and that's not really a good way to go about your life. Okay. Um, the happiest retirees average 3.6 core pursuits, and now you mentioned a core pursuit is is like a hobby on steroids, something that that can get you out of bed in the morning. Uh, the unhappiest ones average about 1.9. So the more, the better. Uh, and and a, another interesting fact was that the happiest retirees, their alcoholic beverage of choice is either white wine or gin. So the clear. Okay, so so speaking of the beer leagues, it's actually, it's not beer, it's white wine and gin. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chardonnay softball leagues. So what do you think listeners will get out of the podcast? I think they're going to get a chance to hear from people who are either in the same situation they're in now or the one they're going to be in within a few years or maybe even further down the road, but they know they want to get there. And this is a way to listen and find out some ideas for how to go, what direction to take, what steps, what maybe what the first step was, because I think some people get overwhelmed and they think, well, I, I, I just can't do it. And if they can just take that first step, 
like these people do, they can get there. They can be happy retirees. So, you know, you, you asked, do I really think there's anything that the listeners can learn from these happy retirees? And I really do. There's a great quote from Margaret Mead. She was an anthropologist. And she said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed individuals can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. Mm. I know for myself, I read over that quote quite often because it, it sort of gets me back on track when I'm feeling a little discouraged. And, but I think it really applies to this situation because happy retirees, you listening, you are important and you can do this. That's inspirational. I like that. The S&P 500 fell nearly 20% in 2022. Inflation jumped to double digits. And the Fed has continued to relentlessly raise interest rates. It feels like chaos. But at Capital Investment Advisors, we take a disciplined approach to investing to help our clients find happiness in retirement, regardless of the scary headlines. We can't control the chaos, but we can control what we do about it. If you'd like help with your disciplined retirement strategy, reach out to our team at yourwealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R wealth.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, so you've already released now uh, several episodes. I think you've released three episodes, and I know that you have you have several more in the works. So you're already doing this. What are some of the themes you've noticed from some of your guests so far? So, yeah, I'm noticing some themes, and it's very much in line with some of the themes from the book. The five lifestyle habits that happy retirees tend to have, they focus on marriage, family, faith, health, and as we talked about before, core pursuits. So those are really key categories that need to be in check to keep the happiness levels high. So let me ask about some of those lifestyle habits. When you say marriage and you say faith, is this that the happy retirees have to be married? Do they have to be faithful in some way, meaning they go, they're good to go to church? What, what do those look like? Well, the happiest retirees tend to be married. Now, that's not to say you have to be married to be happy. And in fact, it's not even statistically so bad to be in your second marriage. Uh, we we call that sort of the marriage mulligan. <laughs> um, if Now, if you've been married eight times, that's not really a good sign. That's over par. Um, Talk about that's over par. <laughs> exactly. I, I think you need to, at that point, turn the mirror to yourself and think, maybe I'm the problem. Um <laughs> But now, secondly, family, our research shows that happy retirees live near at least half of their adult children. Uh, now, we say near because I think that's a, a very important word. You don't want to live in the same house, <laughs> as I think probably most of us would realize that doesn't usually go very well. The next faith would be a lot of these retirees, they, they have a faith in some religious or spiritual area and that is also mixed with the community that going to church services can lead to. 
Uh, a lot of times that'll also lead to volunteering, which is also a very popular core pursuit for the happy retirees. Health, I think, is kind of self-explanatory because if you're not healthy, you don't have much of a chance to be happy. So you you have to take care of yourself, eat right, drink right, and exercise. Wait, uh, did you say eat right and drink right? Is that meaning that you should only be drinking gin and white wine? Or is it exactly. okay to be in the, in the softball beer league? I, I will also allow water. Okay. That's also okay. Uh, water, white wine, and gin uh, in moderation. Uh, and, and then the final category, core pursuits, we sort of got into. You need to average around 3.6. You need to find something that you're you're passionate about and you need to do it. And, and I think once you find the thing you really like, it's not going to be that hard to get yourself to do it. So who's the audience, Ryan? Who do you hope listens to this show? Well, in addition to saying I hope everyone does, I think specifically- I mean, million's a big goal, buddy. I mean, you got to, million's a lot. That's right. That's right. It's a big goal, but I think it's a reachable goal. I, I, I want people who are thinking about retiring and wondering if they can be happy, what they'll do. I want those people to listen to this and get on track and, and start the journey of finding happiness it's a major transition. We don't realize that when we have a career, that's becomes a big part of our identity. I mean, that we spend more time there than we do at home. So when you stop that career, you lose those social networks. You lose the identity of who you were or are. Uh, so this is a way to find a new identity. Now, some people love their job and maybe they want to just do it a little less and then they can have more time to you know, do community theater or hang glide naked, whatever it takes. <laughs> but it's a major lifestyle change. And the earlier you start thinking about that and planning and having a purpose, finding that purpose, the better off you're going to be. You know, it's I find it daunting. I mean, again, I, I host the Retire Sooner podcast. So, I mean, I'm, uh, but if I'm thinking about early retirement, just on the surface, without thinking about the habits of happy retirees, which again, I've written about, you've written about, and we we probably understand as well as anybody but when you're thinking about that much change all at once, so no more work, and I'm, I'm a guy that has had, always had at least two jobs or so, and that in itself is daunting. And even though I know that I need to have close to four core pursuits and be a member of a faith community and have a certain amount of, of social network, it still is a little overwhelming to think about actually doing it. You're trying to help your listeners understand all of that and, and remove the daunting nature of stopping work and still being a happy retiree. Yeah, you know, I really am. And I have to say, Wes, you are someone, you have a motor and you've been inspiring to me to work harder and to focus on what I want to get accomplished. In addition, you're a master of what it takes to retire. But I think you are someone who's going to have to work hard figuring out how to relax or figure out what you, what else you want to do. Um, so in, in a way, I want you to listen to the show, even though you're the master here, you're the guru, because I think someone who is such a hard worker and so willing to keep pushing and, and accomplishing things, sometimes it's hard for them to switch gears and think, now what? Yeah, I agree. It can be a little daunting to really think about it. All right, how about you? Do you think you're on track? I know you're a brand new dad. Keaton's still not even one. one. Do you, How much are you thinking about being a happy retiree? Yeah, I think if I tried to be a happy retiree right now, Keaton wouldn't um, 
have a big college fund by the time he got older. But I do think, and I and a lot of this is because of working with you. You've got me thinking about it. I, I am on track. I I need to solidify. I'd say I'm a late bloomer on the financial aspects, but I now know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm trying to do it. Uh, I have a um, a situation that I think a lot more people have than I realized. I had a a severance package from a previous job and I rolled it over into an IRA. And I thought that just meant now I have an IRA, now it's invested. It was just sitting in cash at the brokerage house doing nothing. You know, as we know, cash doesn't keep up with inflation. So I've got that now invested where I wanted it. Marriage-wise, I married way up, so I'm on track there. Uh, kid, I have one kid, he's nine months, uh, Keaton. So statistically, I'm supposed to have at least one more. Um, you went one above. You did extra credit. Yeah, I think it's two, two point five is the the average number of children for the happy retiree. I think it's two point five. So you do have a little work to do. I do, and and I remember when you had your fourth. I thought I was again so clever because I was going to say, but Wes, you went you went over, and you'd already thought of that. But um, so yeah, I'm I'm around halfway there with uh, children. Core pursuits. I have a lot of interests. I'm not really very worried there. I, I have a lot of things I like to do. Writing, tennis. I'm starting to get into golf because I think I'm more mature now and I'm not going to get so angry. I'm not going to. I have a little bit of my dad in me. One time I asked him where his sand wedge was and he said it was in a tree back on the sixth hole. Oh, so, did your dad used to throw his clubs? Yeah. I, I, I Did you ever throw? Have you ever thrown a golf club? I've never thrown a golf club. I've thrown a tennis racket. Ah, okay. I can see that. Actually, no, I can't uh, see that. I can't see you throw. I can't see you getting that. You're so patient and kind. Well, it's nice of you to say that. I have my moments. I've come a long way. I think I have a natural temper that I don't like about myself, so I've, I've been able to work on that. You've tamed your temper. <laughs> I have, yeah. Well, if you've never thrown a golf club, that's good. They're, they're easy to throw. I've never thrown a golf club either, and I'm not going to break that streak. I'm not going to break that streak. It's not worth it. You know, I played golf recently, and, and I was really impressed with my peace of mind. I just, you know, why, what do I care? I'm not trying to make the PGA... I'm just out there having fun and again, drinking a beer. Sorry, it wasn't gin or white wine, but I was still happy. <laughs> uh, my health, I think, is in check. You know, as as I got a little bit older, you know, in my 20s or maybe my early 30s, I didn't really, I ate fine, but I didn't really have to worry about it. Then I, I think I got a blood test in my mid 30s. and My doctor said, you better change this and this and this. It was kind of eye opening. So now I'm on track with that. Uh, faith, I feel like I'm on check. I, I think we all have our own journey there. I feel pretty good about it. Um, friendships, I will say, and and we did a little research on this, uh, and and you had a guest on the Retire Sooner podcast, an expert who was saying that that males especially, and this oh, doctor 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 Michael Platt, the head of uh, neuroscience and sociology at, at Wharton. So, yes, such a great guest. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I think about him all the time. He even related it to I think the monkey family, or maybe it was apes, but that males in that species have the same problem where they, as they get older, they get more solitary. And I, f I feel that in myself, especially having a, a, a kid and working, you just, you're just so focused. You forget to like go spend time with your friends. Yeah. I mean, you're protecting the family. 
right? Yeah. It's, it's food and shelter for the family. And it's so easy to dismiss the frivolity of socialization. Yeah. And, and I think that females for some reason understand that more and they, or either that, or they, maybe they need it more or, or maybe they're just smarter and they, they realize that we all need it. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, but they keep, they tend to keep their friends, you know, stimulated and, and that sort of thing throughout. I'm a little worried that I'll be 65 and I'll realize I haven't done anything with any of my friends in five years, you know? Mm, yeah, don't so I'm going to definitely yeah. keep my eye on that. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So what I'd love to do is hear a couple of clips, too, from the new podcast. I'm glad you said that. I brought a few clips in. I want to go through them and so we can point out specifically what these happy retirees are doing right in their lives. I had an English teacher's daughter in my class. And the English teacher came to me the next day with the essay I had written. And she said, Jill, this is good. You really need to to expand on this. And I laughed, put it in what we teachers call file 13, because, you know, I'm grading hundreds of, of essays and research papers. I didn't have time for that. But when I retired and I read that book about how to write the novel, the first thing I did was to get out my essay and think, okay, let's get started. That was Jill Smith Intrican. Uh, she is a retired school teacher. She taught English literature for 30 years. And once she retired, some, someone said to her, well, why don't you write it yourself? And she realized, yeah, I, I have always wanted to do that. She's now published two books, and she has a third one on the way. Post being a teacher, so she never, she was not a writer while she d- during her career. No, her her main career. She just taught students how to write, and never did it herself. I mean, you know, just in the classroom she would, but she was never pursuing it. And now she's published, which is just amazing. What kind of writer is she? She writes fiction. Um, she writes a lot, like Southern fiction. I would say her favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. And she says it's the perfect book. Uh, so she's sort of writing towards that. But she has, um, you know, more core pursuits than maybe anyone I've interviewed. In fact, she had to skip yoga just to do the interview with me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she said her friends and her family are a huge part of it. They've encouraged her. She She does a lot of social activities and family activities. So she is just uh, hitting all the notes. Yeah. So the other thing I think is cool about really diving into core pursuits as almost like this garden of multiple things that you're, you're doing maybe at any given time, you never know what's going to grow up to be the, the tallest stalk of corn, if you will. And in this case, it was in the garden for a long time and then it really blossomed. And then that became one of her, her writing became really one of her life core pursuits. And I think that's a great lesson that your listeners are going to be able to take away from these is that maybe some of these are ideas that get planted in their garden and maybe they're fine for a little while and they don't do a whole lot, but eventually they become a significant bearer of fruit 
in the Core Pursuit Garden. And I think that's why it's so exciting to listen to these real-life retirees on your show. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes something is so close to your face until you get those retirement bifocals, you don't see it. It's hidden in plain sight. If you only had a Core Pursuit magnifier hunter scope to find them. All right, let's do another clip. So yeah. how did you, why did you take so fondly to unretirement and, and what does that mean for you? Uh, well, I, I guess I took fondly to it because I thought it gave me a chance to explore new avenues for myself. Um, I'm learning new things. I'm writing for places I didn't get to write before. I'm catching up with old friends who I hadn't seen for a while. I'm the kind of guy who just likes to keep busy. I, my sense is you are too. And so I felt like the traditional retirement just wouldn't work for me. I would get too restless. And so the constant struggle and, and, and decisions that I'm trying to make are figuring out how busy do I want to be and am I spending my time the way I want to and I don't want to overdo it. And I feel like right now I'm, I'm in a pretty good place where some days I'm busy all day, some days I'm busy a little bit, some days I'm not busy at all. I feel like it's pretty much what I was hoping it was going to be. Now, Ryan, are you projecting on me on that one to <laughs> see if that am I going to unretire if I try to retire? I'm impressed you, you caught that uh, a little bit. I mean, Richard has a motor. Like he said, he, he, he's still finding that balance between being too busy, not busy at all. I think he's really doing a good job of finding it. Uh, he calls himself unretired, which means he's not having the pressures of being the managing editor of Next Avenue for PBS, but he still writes for them sometimes. And and I have to say, sorry, Richard, but I, I follow him on LinkedIn, and so I'll check in on him sometimes. And, and I'll notice in his banner, it'll say, open to work. He changes his resume around. He's He's a very active guy, and I think he's finding that perfect balance and I, I really do think he's on his way. All right, let's listen to our next Happy Retiree podcast sample. Well, it sounds like you you don't really feel a whole lot of limitations in retirement. In, in fact, you seem no. to have less than you did when you were working. Yes, for sure. So how would you suggest other people get to that point? Well, I think first is that they have to want it because I have friends who are still working and for whatever reason, that's their life. And they'll probably die at the job. They don't want to leave the job. Mm. Okay. You know? So if you, if you want to retire, it's a good idea to know ahead of time what, what are some of the things you're going to do in retirement? How will your days look? Because, you know, it is a, a difference. All right. So what's this clip telling us, Ryan? So Ingrid is getting at, if you want to be happy in retirement, you have to have a curiosity for it. You have to find a purpose. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd rather die hang gliding naked than sitting at my cubicle. I mean, that's just me. But she she figured out that she wanted to do something and she went about doing it. It doesn't just happen. You have to make it happen. Wait, what is she doing? She retired from being an executive at Bank of America and she loved to travel. In fact, the day she retired, she was on a plane to Costa Rica. But she realized, I want to do something. I love traveling. Oh, so now she's a travel agent in her retirement. She has her own company. 
She gets to keep traveling. She gets to write it off on her taxes. She gets the perks. It's it's kind of a win-win situation. You know what's interesting about one thread through all three of these examples is that they're all doing something that does relate back to some sort of a little bit of an income. I mean, maybe it's not anywhere close to the big exec job in Ingrid's case that she probably earned, but at least it sounds like there's some income involved here in all three of these. Yeah, I think so. And that's another important part of happy retirement is is setting up your life so that you have multiple streams of income because you're not going to have that giant flood of income that you might have from your primary working years. So you're getting these tributaries flowing in and, and they add up to be enough for you to live the life you want to live. Tributaries of income that all come together as to one larger stream. Exactly. Ryan Doolittle, where do we find the podcast? Where do we find the Happiest Retirees podcast? Well, we're everywhere you go to to listen to your podcasts. You can also go straight to our website, retiresoonerteam.com. That'll have all the episodes there. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you will find us. Just search for Happiest Retirees. Ryan Doolittle, host of Happiest Retirees podcast. A man unaptly named around these circles, we always say, do little seems to do the most. Thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, it's been a real, real pleasure to be here, Wes. Uh, I always enjoy spending time with you. And I'll say that in high school, I won my class presidency by saying I won't do little, I'll do a lot. Hopefully the same applies here. Hey, y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This information is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no guaranteed offer that investment return, yield, or performance will be achieved. Stock prices fluctuate, sometimes rapidly and dramatically, due to factors affecting individual companies, particular industries or sectors, or general market conditions. For stocks paying dividends, dividends are not guaranteed and can increase, decrease, or be eliminated without notice. Fixed income securities involve interest rate, credit, inflation, and reinvestment risks and possible loss of principal. As interest rates rise, the value of fixed income securities falls. Past performance is not indicative of future results when considering any investment vehicle. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. Investment decisions should not be based solely on information contained here. This information is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment, tax, estate, or financial planning considerations or decisions. The information contained here is strictly an opinion, and it is not known whether the strategies will be successful. The views and opinions expressed are for educational purposes only as of the date of production and may change without notice at any time based on numerous factors such as market and other conditions.